0: Welcome, Fatty Z Musky Podcast. We got Vance and the Ranger, got Todd on speakerphone. Hello. Yeah, there he is. Some of you guys got to see us at the Ohio show, at least Todd and I. Vance hung back. I've been in hiding. He
1: has been in hiding. Two podcasts ago, you should know why. That's right. I've been ducking the Musky King, I've stayed indoors. I grew a beard, (laughs) kind of changed my appearance.
0: That's right. Witness protection. I probably said too much
1: already. But yeah. The Muskie King's after him. I haven't seen him, but that's because I, I haven't been looking. You haven't been looking. Huh? Mm-hmm. I, I laid low.
0: Well, that's probably smart of you. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, I'm sur- What's that? I'm surprised you, you were probably around a bunch of Muskie Kings at this show. I'm I'm excited to hear about it. Show you guys okay. with some questions. Everyone is a musky king down at the shows that's right you know
0: success is only measured by what you feel I don't know
1: I don't even know how to finish that quote because it wasn't one numbers (laughs) (laughs) I was making it up (laughs) success is measured by I don't know yeah I'll figure it out and
0: then like everyone can like put it on their Facebook page and then a dashed line and write Andy after it yeah there you go it's a work in progress we'll get a t-shirt made that's right. <laughs> it would be very blank. Yeah, just it a says few, few chicken measure. scratch letters with the wrong date, there you and go. then you'll know it's me. There you go. Um, all right, dot MCFishingGuys.com, Todd Young, friend him on Facebook, Fat-A-Z-Musky products on Facebook. Okay, we got that out of the way. We also took another person down. I, I, didn't, I didn't really talk too much about this, and Todd didn't mention it to Vance either. We had a third Guy go with us. His name was Mitch, mm. and uh, Mitch was Mitch was called called upon a lot. People got to see him. People asked for him. Really? People asked to see Mitch, and I said, "Now hold on, he he's in the bathroom right now. I'll wait for him they to come back." For, for, for sale? Uh, they want to buy him. anybody Anybody try to buy him? I don't. No. no, but they did say they want a Mitch colors, and then they you know they yeah. the, they would say mud puppy and not the same. Not for sale. Yeah, but he was hanging out with the uh Todd's other two, that mud puppy that he has. Mitch Mitch is famous because he has a name, but Todd has two other raptors that just make Mitch look brand new. Yeah. That it, both of those were brand new in June, weren't they? Or, or late May.
2: Yeah, they they were they were pretty much. Well, the the, the mud puppy I started using last year uh I think it caught a fish like up in canada with this that year and uh i hadn't used it because i caught the i caught the big one i got last year on that other mud puppy okay so so i started using a little bit in october but we did not very catch very many fish casting last year they
0: were so so one of the first fish that other mud puppy the non-mitch was your your big 44 pounder yeah
1: 44 pounds 44 pounds yes
0: Okay. Well, that one has and some history.
2: So, so, two years, and it got the biggest fish of our year of of the season this year too. So, two years in a row that lure out of you know two hundred days of fishing. Two thousand fourteen and two thousand fifteen. The same lure has the uh, the biggest fish in my booth yep. for each season.
0: You know now now I understand when 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 Todd left the booth one time. Mitch was talking to me. What do you say? And and when Mitch left the other raptor came up, the, the other mud puppy, and he's like, Don't you hate it? You got you got a you got a brother who who has done less but is more
1: famous. Yeah. yeah.
0: He For was honest. P.O.'d.
1: I mean that, that, that raptor was, was pretty mad, but he's a silent, he's a humble guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, he he's is. He's just a producer. Well Yeah, so um anyways, the Ohio show. We uh we did
0: a podcast from there. It uh it was fun. We were a little bit rushed with with how the time was. I, I was off by an hour, thinking that the show opened at three, but it opened at two. And you know, uh, we kind of already talked a little bit about the trip down there, but we we got it done. Um, and then the show started. Our, our booth was right next to Jim Sarick and Muskie Hunter. And um, so as soon as you walked in, there we were. We we had Dale Wiley there. Who that was like the the longest I've ever spent time with Dale. And he was on the podcast. Oh, jeez, that's not good. But um, anyway, so we, uh, so with Dale, him and Todd are, are like endless storytellers. Mm-hmm. Just like more stories than my life is long has been. It it it, it, it was it was nuts with what. What was, uh... You know, the, the stories that were being passed back and forth. And even just... We, we just got to get Dale on the podcast. That, mm-hmm. That's that's all there is to it. And, uh... We'll probably have many, many podcasts with him. But, anyway, so I shared... I shared... We shared a booth with, with Dale. Dale brought some baits. Dale did very well. And, um... It was just... It was, it was a lot of fun to hang out with Dale. And he had John Little in his booth. His, his friend with him. And, um... Let's see, uh, Todd. Anything, anything noteworthy that that you want to talk about a little bit? Uh, there were a lot of big names there. Oh, that's first. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you know, all those guys. That, you know, they did a lot of seminars. Obviously,
0: we can't go listen or watch the
2: seminars uh, because we're at, at the booth. But uh, it, it 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 was a nice show. Andy and I did very well. I mean, there's no doubt. Every year the company gets a little bigger. <laughs> There's a few more people. Last year, that's where we, we debuted our rod holder was at that show last year. Just the regular rod holders and stuff. And, you know, we sold a few. This year we sold five times that many. Plus we had track. People were excited. We had some track. They were able to figure out what they wanted for the boat and they got it all there. You know, they're in order, it, ordering, ordering it and waiting for it to get shipped to them. And, uh, you know, we, we did much better than, than I anticipated, and, uh, you know, the the, the neatest thing that I saw was there was a lot, a lot of people come over asking about Mitch, and a lot of people were talking about the podcast. I mean, it was just a random younger fellow working at Thorn Brothers, which their boots was right across from us, and we got to talking to him, he would be walking around, he was like going to the the rod section, which was up front, and going slow, I mean, we talked to him probably 50 times during the show here and there, and. He he just came up to Andy out of nowhere and was like, Yeah, I, I I really enjoy the podcast and he said I made a special trip to Chicago to pick up a couple raptors.
1: Uh that.
2: so he went to Chicago because, because you know, he said something about him. He said, Yeah, I, I got a few. I, went, I made a special trip. That was one of the main things on my list. I stopped at G T Rod and and picked up a couple raptors. So uh, you know, it's uh that's neat
0: yeah it, it is it, it's neat that how how it gets around and you know it's also neat when like like Bill bootner he was on the uh, he was on the podcast at the show he had no idea what a podcast was and he emailed me when I when I put it out there anybody who wants to be on it for the vendors he came right up and he just sat down like he was a pro and, and yeah it, it was just and after the after he's like well how do I uh how do I listen to it <laughs> you're like well this is how we're gonna do it so give him a little instruction and stuff but so i mean that 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 was fun you know we had uh at the very end of the show we had spencer Bierman come over and he picked up a couple rod holders that's the first time i talked to him you know so i i uh
1: i got introduced to him and i'm
0: trying to think of anybody
1: else and so you're getting f- the feedback on the on these rod holders.
0: Uh, yeah, for, for for them, yeah, for, you know, for people you, to come up. Yeah, and then you get all
1: the, all this feedback from people that come, but, and then they say, you know, we love we, your product. And then you get the people that you see in the magazines and everything. Now they want all that. They want the product, too, yeah. which is cool. So in the
0: next couple of years, I'm going to be looking at every photo from everyone that I know that I've sold rod holders to that's in the magazine. And, and I'm going to look for it. Yeah, you're right. going to see them in there. I'm going to look for it. Yeah. And,
2: um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, Spencer Beerman does a whole bunch of, well, he said, I know he didn't do a lot of, of trolling, but I think he said 20, 25% of the time, you know, probably the same as I do when you have younger kids or something or, or, or rough weather or something on board. But, uh, I mean, almost every, almost every muskie hunter magazine comes out has Tony and or Greg and Spencer Beerman. And, and you know, right there, you know, they're, they're, they're all going to have a rod over there, but that's pretty cool. It's, it's it's saying that people like him, uh, yeah, or they wouldn't be one out of the way to get him so yeah. neat, n- n- neat stuff did you uh did you ever mention about the i mean I don't even remember the guy I think it doesn't matter but uh the, did you ever mention anybody the email we got from the guy that's you know, the olympic
0: no no I, I, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh probably a week or so ago, and if he listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. which he does. Uh, we uh we got an email. I'm not going to use his name because I didn't ask him, but we have a Olympic athlete that has medaled in the Olympics and has, I think, gold medaled outside of the Olympics. You know, in the world Championships. world championships, and he wants a couple Raptors and stuff like that. And he also made a comment about um,
1: Vance and his pugs. And Which I'm not sure if it was positive or negative, so I don't know if I like this guy yet. I mean, I <laughs> no, like that he...
2: he... No, he, he said something like, oh, don't worry, keep keep doing what you're doing. We love him. I don't care if we're talking about pugs and getting off track every once or while, something like that. I'm going to keep listening,
0: something like, something yeah, like that. Yeah, was, was, it, it was the, the pug fecal matter, and...
1: We're supposed to not talk <laughs> yeah. about this anymore.
0: Well, I it was brought up. We do it again. But then he also said, he also made a mention about... Me changing diapers and my boy, mm-hmm. and and having the uh, waterworks go off. So it was equal. We're not going to dwell on it like we did with Gear Man. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. so that's neat that we we have some uh, some people that are that are have notoriety outside of the muskie fishing world. And yeah. So um, lots
2: of lots of the guys from Ohio, uh, you know, mentioned something to me about you know, yeah, yeah, like it, like, you know. Good stuff. We've been listening to the podcast, so good to hear. I mean, it, it, it makes it taking a couple hours to do this every every week worthwhile. That the, the, the people are enjoying it and people are getting involved with it. We have a whole list of people to get on it for guests now.
0: Oh my so, gosh, uh, we, we picked up every, so many people.
2: Everybody wants to do one, so that's cool.
0: <laughs> it's it's really neat. So yeah, we we got a whole host of guests that we're not going to jam them through right immediately, but we're gonna. We're going to meter him through as as we need to. And so that's fun. But let's uh, let's talk about the wild time Saturday night at the Mike Money Minnow fundraiser Feed the Musk. I don't even know what the proper name was. But yeah. back at the hotel was the fundraiser. It's like a raffle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Mike Money put it on. And anybody that listened to the podcast... I don't even know what podcast it was. This is number 31, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about Mike Money passing away in a car accident, he was the guy that pretty much headed up this minnow fund, which um, more or less they raised money to buy minnows and put it put those minnows in with the baby muskies to help the baby muskies grow strong and give them a good head start for when they're stocked in the Ohio lakes. And... uh We were there last year and it kind of got, we didn't have any, we didn't buy any tickets. So like we could, we, we, we could leave at any time we wanted, but this year Dale bought tickets, John bought tickets and Todd bought tickets. So it's like, well, we got to, we got to sit here and it went on for a long time. There was so many prizes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's, it was borderline out of hand. I don't know how anyone in that hotel could be sleeping. It was.
1: It I don't was,
2: think there was anybody hardly in the hotel that wasn't at the show. <laughs> 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 there, there wasn't at that at that thing. you know. There, I know there. Was, I think that show had it pretty well booked up. But yeah, it was. It was a long night. They gave away all kinds of stuff. They had, had some auctions going on and some really nice prizes. I didn't see the final number. I did see that they. They had a goal set to raise ten thousand dollars when they started one of those. We fund, you fund me, or something. Uh, you know, some people made some monetary donations early on, and I know they they went over that at that show. Uh, so they're they're they set a new goal to hit fifteen fifteen
0: thousand. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was it was really good. But it, the fun thing was was that
1: business is booming
0: you know i mean there were there were like we donated baits mm-hmm. and that you know the, but there was just everything they 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 would be giving away these these prizes and some of them were like 100 dollar supernatural baits you know the headlocks the matlocks and and planer board masts and you know some of this stuff is used some of it, it was it was, there was like no junk on the table it's not there was not a prize and everyone was like oh man i don't want to win that mm-hmm. but like dale dale was Dale doesn't get out all that much. He's similar to me. And when he was out, he wanted to have fun. And he's like, looking at these tickets, he goes, this is chaining me down. He handed me the tickets. He says, if you win, you can have it. Well, within a few minutes... Dale, Dale doesn't use anything but Wiley's. Within a few minutes, they called one of his numbers. Real, so what did you win? What I won a tough shad and... What was that other bait, Todd? Do you remember?
2: I, I don't remember. I know there was a tough shed. There was like three baits there.
0: Yeah, and I, I turn around and I go up to Dale and I said, Dale, you won this. And he goes, are you serious? And I'm like, these are yours. And he's like, listen, let's go find a kid and we're going we're gonna to give him to a, a, a young child. And I, I said, okay, Dale. And so Dale took him and he, he, he left. I don't, he left for a while, too. He worked his way through the crowd and he must have found someone, gave it to him and, and came back, and you know he was happy. And there was, as the auction, you know, the, not the auction, the drawing went on. Um, they had I, I don't even I forget who painted them, but remember the, all those legend baits, those yeah, p- yeah. they were beautiful the yeah. they were beautifully painted, like, and there was this plow in like this tiger musky pattern, and I, everyone's like, "You can just hear the room, like everyone's like, "I want to win that, really." And the numbers drawn, I'm like, okay, whatever. And like thirty seconds later, we just see John's smiling face walking through the crowd. They pulled John's number. Really? He had this tiger, this tiger musky painted legend plow. And I'm like, hey John, uh, what do you want for that? He goes, If you win that planer board mast, I'll give it to you. Oh my. So that was like what I was gunning for because yeah. but I'm using Dale's ticket still. I'm like, yeah. geez, do you think I can do that without Dale noticing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as the uh, thing went on, the uh, there was Kyle from Slobland and another his friend. I wish I could. I wish I knew his name. But his friend won the planer board mask, mm-hmm. and he, they were standing right in front of us. Mm-hmm. John went up to him and offered to trade him, and the guy and he refused. Really, and John's like, "Look at the." John ended up winning like two or three times. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, and he ended up, like, either re- redoing the base, you know, re-putting them back up or giving them to, s- to kids or something. He gave away that plow. He did not give away the plow. I would have taken it if he was going to give who it away. Pa- you don't know who paid him. I wish I, I wish I could remember. But, uh, you know, something of noteworthy. while well, well, this was, like, starting to go before they got on this. They had, like, a bullhorn with, like, a CB thing on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were using to talk over the crowd's And Todd, we couldn't have been more than 20 feet from it. We had trouble hearing it. It was just like the people were getting louder Mm -hmm. than this megaphone. And every once in a while they have to whistle and stuff. But they packed in probably, what do you think, 25 Little Caesar pizzas? Mm -hmm. And they're just destroying them. The garbage cans are overflowing with beer cans. Oh man, that they, sounds like a
2: party! Yeah, uh, they ordered forty pizzas for everybody. Yeah, I mean it was a it it, it was a fun night, you know, and it was a, a fun plus, you know, a little bit emotional for all those guys, you know, because Mike Mike wasn't there. Right off the bat, there was some bait painted by uh, John Snow. It was like I don't know how
0: long was that bait, Andy? Two feet long? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I
2: it, been... and uh, it, it went to a live auction. And
0: uh, it went to $500. Somebody paid Six, $500 bucks 600 for it. <laughs> it went it? to yeah. $600. Wow. It yeah. was, and I, I asked Kevin Goldberg, you know, I'm like, because that bait was kind of caddy corner from our booth during, because they had these, some of these baits set out to get people to come to the, you know, after the show to go there. I said, Kevin, does that, does that bait run? He goes, I imagine it does. It was, like Todd said, it's probably two foot long. Silent I have an auction for him silent auction no it was a live auctioneer oh, no. like an auction a guy that could speak like i don't know if he was an auctioneer or not but he did pretty decent yeah yeah he did good <laughs> and um he just grabbed the microphone and did it wow i'm gonna say that that bait had to be six to eight inches in diameter big aluminum lip on it mm. but kevin says that he has a bait similar to that and he didn't he say he caught a fish at chautauqua mm. on that
2: yeah yeah he, he caught a fish at chautauqua and he said he hung at his camp camper
0: yeah yeah so Anyways, this big, big, enormous bait, and... Um, so they had 40 pizzas, or f- what'd you say? 40, 40... Four,
1: for, 40 pizzas, I think. I heard them say. Unbelievable. What a party. That's... A musky auction. Was, cases of booze and 40... Pizzas.
2: It, was, it was fun. They, were, they, they, they raised a lot of money. It was nice. It was wow. better for us last year, because, like, last year when they started drawing, we just went back and went to bed. I mean... That thing wasn't done till one
0: thirty in the morning. Wow. Yeah, we didn't we didn't go to bed till like two thirty. By the time we got
2: one thirty, and they were still uh, so it's like last time we stayed till midnight, and I went back and went to bed. I I'm not used to being up that late. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, Andy Andy
0: is. I'm used to getting up late and staying up late. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it 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 it, it was nice. I'm sure they're going to continue doing something with the Minnow Fund. You know, they had a little memorial thing they went, they gave away some guide trips. They did that on Sunday, uh, you know, to finish off that part of it. But uh, yeah, it, it it went well. It was attended. I you know, as we said I think the snow hurt a little bit, but uh, you know it was a good show. Yeah. We'll be going, I'm heading down, I'm getting ready, I was getting got everything reorganized here and uh, we had an, I had another show in here. It's down in anybody in the Pittsburgh area. It's called the Tri-County Outdoor Show. They held it in it was 2008 or 9 and you know, there was 15 or 7, 15, 16, people went. It's not the David O. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh. It's a general outdoor show. When I signed up and talked to the guy, I said, How many booths do you have? He said, You know, it's hard to really say because there's a lot of people get two and three booths, but uh, you know, he said he thinks they were over two fifty. And he said, "You're the third guy that signed up today for it, you know." And that was just—I got some information about it. it. It's not like competing with the Allegheny Outdoor Show that's been going on in Pittsburgh for like 30 years down in Roebill. It's another show, but uh, you know, there's a, there's a, around here. There's a lot of talk about how that show has changed over the years, and and uh, and yeah, uh, you know, they're just trying to get another one going. So we're going to be down there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the. uh it, it'll be fun the, you know it's going to be really fun because this show is pretty much musky fishermen you know when I go to these other shows where you're going to have 15,000 people walking through that you know will have some baits hanging there and I'm going to hear all the whole time look at those lures look at those fish oh my gosh you know
0: I wish I caught a fish that big good yeah, reference to the
2: fish. you know so you get to hear that but you know I, I usually do do well booking trips and something like that when like people come over And they start looking through the photos, and they're like, well, my son's like 10. He can't reel that in, can he? And I can flip up my book and say, here's a 5-year-old, here's a 6-year-old, here's a 9-year-old. You know, we do it all the time. That's what it's about. You know, I can take those guys out of control, and yeah, we have a really good chance, uh, you know, to get one. So, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, get some trips booked, and, uh, you know, you never know. I don't think there's going to be too many musky people around, so... You know, they say the average one out every seven—I don't know if it's fishermen or outdoorsmen—you know—that dabbles in musky fishing. Seven percent, rather, not one out of every seven, yeah. seven out of a hundred. So it's seven percent. So yeah, fifteen thousand people—that's going to be a lot of people that are. Uh, but you know, a lot of them are interested in fishing, and that's the thing for my guide trips. You know, I—I—you know, anybody who, uh, is potentially—you you, know—wanting to go try to catch a musky. And they don't relatively have to be musky fishermen. So, we'll see how that show goes. Yeah. I won't be doing a podcast or anything live into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to go back to the Mike Money Minnow Fund real quick. Because there's... I kind of wanted Todd to forget about this so I can tell the story. <clears throat> Actually, there's going to be two. I'm going to tell the first one. Um, we, we, we did the uh, podcast about hunting. Mm. You know, your buck, my buck, you know, we did two separate ones. I don't know who the guy was.
1: Todd's buck, too. We did, yeah,
0: Todd's buck. Yep. Um, he had a laptop, and it, it's kind of like everyone's standing. And I was just happened to be in the right spot. And he opened up this laptop, and he was showing, like, uh, Bill Buchner and a couple other guys that I don't know, th- these, these bucks, like, on trail camera that they got. And just actual, like, handheld video camera. And I realized that a lot has to do with the region you're in because my buck wasn't even on the radar. It was incredibly small compared to what they were showing each other. And the one buck, and I, I keep, I, I wish my biggest thing that my biggest regret was why I didn't flip open my phone. Well, I don't have a flip phone, but if I turn my phone on you have a to razor. video.
1: What th- one of those old razors yeah I, well it's a Nokia the, the first one before they with some snake on it yeah love it
0: snake yeah that was a great game <laughs> underrated <laughs> underrated um and, and just film his video it was the biggest buck I've ever seen Todd wild huh in the wild like not a high fence this was in the I, I'm assuming Todd I, I don't want to butcher this how big do you think that buck was it just give dimensionally...
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was enormous. There was two. There, there was two, and it was enormous, but so it would be walking away from him. But it's, he did say, he said, oh, that, that's within like a half hour of here. I mean, that, that's that Ohio. Jeez. Ohio puts out some giants. Well,
0: uh, I, I guessed at the spread, but I'm not going to guess here because you're better at guessing that stuff. How big was the inside um, spread of that buck? How big was the spread? Do you, uh, Guessing. Twenty- 20- Four or five inches. It was it was crazy. How big of the times you think?
2: Yeah, I I was at a little more of a distance. It had some long times. I mean, at those back ones had to be over a foot. I mean, wow. I, I
0: I would have guessed the spread heavier than what you what you did, but I've also yeah. never really seen a buck like that. But you yeah, know,
2: I haven't either. Believe me,
0: <laughs> it was enormous. It was it was perfectly typical. It was. I'm going to probably put that buck at least 180s, 190s. Wow. That's my guess. I mean, I could be totally wrong. But, you know, and it's not like a TV deer, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But then, like, everyone was like, oh, check this one out. And here I am. I'm representing PA. (laughs) And I got, you know, Bill Buchner, who's doing, like, the uh, Madison, Wisconsin area. And I had another guy that was doing Northern Minnesota, and and the, they're just showing each other all these buck photos, and I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't even open up my phone, <laughs> and uh, you know, but th- that was something that just it's, I drove five hours to get there. Now I had to go an hour south pick up Todd, so it, really, Columbus for me is not four hours, but it's over three. Mm-hmm. Just the the huge gap in antler sizes of what what you're on but it's also two different states but it's still it it, it kind of relates to muskie fishing in that you know other should st- <clears throat> compared to where we're at the, the the fishery there in new york versus pa mm-hmm. the hunting from ohio to pennsylvania and it, it and it's still but like everyone's here for this this muskie show and they're passing buck pictures around yeah <clears throat> but you know the hunting season's wrapping up and stuff so I understand that. But so anyways, I'm I'm not going to drone on about that. The other thing that <clears throat> when Dale gave me his tickets, he gave me two strings of tickets and they must have sold three rolls of tickets because the first three numbers they're just a the raffle tickets you buy at Walmart, you know. Mm-hmm. As it came to the last the last raffle. Um Todd, I think you had two pulls of tickets or did you have one one or two. I I had one. John yeah. and Bill each
2: had two. Yeah, I had one one string of about twenty tickets, probably.
0: Yeah, so I had the the first one like they, they would always start off with the first three numbers, and it was really easy to know if, if you're even in the running or not. Mm-hmm. But so the last the last drawing was a Daiwa Lexa four hundred. Nice. With what kind of rod was it? I can't remember the rod. Anyways, it was, you had a $400, 500 combo sitting there. And this, this is the last drawing. And by this time, I kind of knew my ticket range. Because since it's linear, they're pulling these tickets off. You know that if it hits here to here, you don't even have to look. You're like, oh, too high. Oh, too low. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, they did the thing. It's like 467, 1407. And I'm like, wait, I end at 1407. I I I ended four six seven, one three eight seven, and I'm like, oh my gosh! I knew Todd was the next pool. Mm. I said, Todd, that's you. And Todd's like looking at his tickets, <laughs> and he starts at the beginning, and he's he's like pulling them from left from right to left. Numbers are going up up up, and the the last couple tickets are folded over.
1: Yeah,
0: and I'm like, oh my gosh! He has there's a lot more tickets left, and we're already at four hundred. On on that last ticket, he opens it up. One four zero six. He was off by one ticket. Yeah. Oh man! To win that rotten real combo. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the first time I was within. That's the first time I really had to look at my ticket the whole night. You know, there was nothing within. You do the first numbers, but they would start with a two instead of a three or whatever, and I would know I wasn't in the in the running. But
1: yeah. You usually always walk away with that, that stuff, too. I've been around a, cu- I, I, a couple of tournaments when we, when they're doing yeah. drugs That's before. That's what Todd win, said to me. Yeah, you win the the money, yeah. the lures, and then you win the tournament on top of that. So
0: Todd, do you remember what you told me? <laughs>
1: What's that? Do, you, do you remember
0: what you told me? You're like, if we were fishing for these prizes, I'd be winning some of this stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But John Little, he had a he had a good hand. I think he won two or three times, like I said. But that was just one of those ones. He was one ticket off. One yep. more purchase. The next
2: guy behind me, the next string.
0: I, 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 I didn't see how, like last year when they did it, like when you'd go up and buy like, I think it was like seven tickets for five bucks or something like that. Um, Last year, remember, they're like, oh, 20 bucks and you get an arm's length. Mm. Well, an arm's length varies <clears throat> on who's pulling it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what they did this year, but, like, that one ticket. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I really wanted to be like, yeah, we're taking this up to the room. See you later. Musky Powerball. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, so that that kind of uh, that wraps that up. And then we, we didn't have any major events driving back home. Weather was nice. We packed everything up. No semis about to run us over. No brake checking. Nothing uh, pretty much uneventful. Um
1: if you get one thing at that show,
0: what would you get? If I had to pick up one thing. Yeah. Oh boy. Give me give me a few seconds to think about this because
1: hmm. you got one thing to pick up at one of those messages. One freebie. One freebie. Anything. Hundred dollar bait.
0: Well, there there's a couple things because Thorn Brothers had like HDS-12 Gen 3s sitting there. <laughs> and I just know that that's just a financial thing, a a, a big-ticket item. Yeah. They also had the Legend Elite rods there, which I only touched it, for, you know, picked it up, played with it a little bit. I didn't mess with it too much. But if I had to grab something... Todd, you think about this, too. Uh-huh. Off the top of my head, I probably would have grabbed, like, a Supernatural matlock or a headlock, just because... Everyone goes nuts on Facebook forum. Really, I, I've never even seen a video of him running. That's, that's what I'm going to say for right now, but I'm going to think a little bit more because that was actually directly behind us. I didn't spend a lot of time in the other room. There were two rooms. So give me time to think. I'm going to let Todd answer.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would say probably the same, the same thing. Get One of those baits, those new baits, I don't know much about them. I never talking about them you know, just the, the the value
0: of them. What the heck? I don't know. I think they're like ninety dollars. Yeah, somewhere. I'm not sure. Between eighty and like over a hundred each. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called a head. They're headlocks. Headlocks and matlocks from yeah. the Supernatural Bait Company. Yeah. And. Um, never seen one running before. I've never I've never looked them up. I just I always see them on face uh, the Facebook musky flea market and stuff. Yeah. The auctions are selling them and. But yeah, you know, that's just been one of them hot baits like mm-hmm. like the Lake X cannonballs and the Dadson Blades and yeah. that's that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um one of them baits. So I'm gonna kinda
1: go with that because I'm trying to think Let about, me ask you about the what about the that new line from Saint Croix? What did you think it, about what did you think about the rods when you held it?
0: You can without a reel on it, you can tell that they're lighter. Yeah. But I also was like, had one in each hand. Mm-hmm. Is it going to make any difference? I couldn't tell you. Did you... Were you holding like the the tournaments? Well, see, the, the, the other thing that, that kind of changed thing was that all of those um, Legend Elites that they, they, sk- that they had were split, split grip. grips. Yeah. So I, I really didn't compare apples when I was looking at mm-hmm. them. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back. I got the, I, the one thing that... The one bait or the one thing to take from the show... I got the one thing that I wanted. I'm gonna go with that one. I'd still get a headlock if it was like unobtainable. Mm. But I got a five—was it a five-inch fat body from Dale <laughs> and a catfish pattern? Um, I could—I couldn't take it anymore. I was looking at it. It was the last one. I grabbed it. Yeah. So that was—that was that. So that's—that's that's the bait I got. That's a nice. Game. And I
2: bought a stuffed animal muskie for my daughter.
0: I did there you too. Go. I did and too. And you did too.
2: That's right for your son.
0: Yes, and Todd, did you get anything else?
2: No, that's, I, didn't, I didn't really, we didn't get anything. I didn't do any, there's no, I have so much stuff, I don't, we're good. I, I'm good when I go there. I should have bought a net bag, but I couldn't figure out which one to get. I need a new net bag. Back when it was bought out by that other company they told us, I just, uh, I'll, I'll find one.
0: Okay, podcast Thank challenge. You. Find a replacement net bag for a Beckman what size, Todd? That's
2: what I got to look. That's what I didn't know what size <laughs> I got. I don't like the gigantic ones because I like to be able to move them with my... You know, I like to be able to do this one hand. A lot of times I am <laughs> I got someone's rod wrapped around my head while I'm trying to net the fish or grabbing the line. and. Uh, some of those great big ones, you can't make a swoop with two hands, you know? Or You can't make that swoop with one hand. When you go to net it, and uh I just got to measure my net to see which one I got. I know they're, they're, they, they had two different sizes. One of them is not deep enough for me. When I net the fish hanging out over the side of my lawn, it, 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 it doesn't go down the way I like it. You know, it doesn't let the fish ride in the water. Mm-hmm. So it would, be, it would definitely be the bigger size. But I have, I have to take a measurement. That's what I didn't know. And then since they didn't, I would have been able to know if they had the nets sitting there, but they didn't have any. any uh, you know, they had some nets, but I guess the Beckman company was bought out by somebody else. So, hmm.
1: okay, so
2: we'll get one dot to Muskie Mass. Hopefully, hopefully,
0: hopefully. So,
2: so I'll just keep tying mine together with tiger braid,
0: zip ties. Zip yeah. Ties. <laughs> Just don't just don't cut the zip tie on an angle. Yeah. It'll be like a talon into the side of a muskie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. on the other that's like studs in a tire, you know, that's extra grip that muskie ain't getting away. <laughs> <laughs> some yeah. people cringing right now. Well, yeah, I I I I I could take this completely different direction, but we're, we'll stick we'll stick to this the the show for a little bit, but um so you got any more questions?
1: I'm curious about that rod. That that Oh, the leg, that's what we yeah. were talking about, yeah. the Legend yeah. Elite.
0: It, Todd, what did you think? I mean, I, it was... Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I picked it up, and,
2: uh, you know, it, it... I'm not comfortable with that split grip. I never had one, and, you know, when I pick them up, I like tucking that cork and tucking against my body. So, you know, when I picked it up, I mean, it felt nice. It has the same type of eyelets that the... Uh, that the tournament series series has, huh. I'd say it was like it was like a greenish color, wasn't it, Andy? Yes, it was. Like yeah, like an all green, you know. It's a little bit of color. It felt nice, uh, but it's just it's just so hard to tell, especially without the reels on there too. You know how you can't tell how they balance or anything. You know, to me, I really couldn't get a feel with it. I didn't pick them both up at one time, but always i always had, had the, the tournaments in my hand a lot. I think the one I was holding was like an 8.6, uh, you know, medium heavy. I spent a lot of time looking at them. Uh, but they had them there. I saw a couple I saw a couple go by, walk past our booth.
0: Yeah, it was... I, they sold a lot of rods. Yeah. I was shocked yeah, I mean, at how I much...
2: I think that was the only... You had know, them and, and McGeezy rods. I don't think there was any other... I don't recall anybody else that had any rods in there for sale. I remember.
0: Chaos tackle might have, because I think yeah, they they, may have. they have those assault sticks. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, they they I, I imagine that they did, but I, it doesn't. I don't recall actually seeing them yeah. because when I'd go in that yeah. other room, I would just be doing a stretch your legs, mm-hmm. power walk, getting my exercise. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there was an owl over there. I don't think a couple of owls over there. I don't think I ever
1: went uh... up. There's a couple. There's a couple lures on the market I want to check out. One of those, or those headlocks. I, I just want to hold one. You should have told me.
0: I would have picked you up.
1: Oh yeah. I want. I I, I want to check those out. I want to see that. Uh, the DK musky lures. Yep. I want to see. His. Out of New York. He's out of New York. I He does the, an incredible paint job. He does a very nice paint job on those. Oh, that's the one—the fifty
2: finder. The fifty finder, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen
1: that. I've seen those pictures floating around lately. Those are some really cool baits. He also has a smaller version. He does. He has. A, he, I mean, he has a couple body yeah. body sides, but yeah, that that fifty finder, it'd be nice to put on a down rod. See see what it see what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, if it gets you a forty nine, you can send it back and say this thing. This doesn't thing, a fifty. Where's my fifty? There, there has to be some type. Of written agreement there, he does a nice walleye pattern. I, that's the one I want to see. Andy's got those those crazy eyes that he puts in them. It mm-hmm. actually kind of look like a walleye's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Be- beautiful. I Think Team Rhino sells them. I don't know if he sells them exclusively though. Yeah.
1: But um. Yeah. That that that's a bait that those I. Those are see. those are the two those are the two lures I want to check out at at yeah. at, the, at the show that's coming up. Just wanna see. Them. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be at Muskie Max. Oh.
0: Is Team Rhino? I don't know. Yeah. Is Baker? Do you know if Zach's coming to Muskie Max?
2: I The last I talked to him, which was a while ago, he had, that was his plan to do that show. Uh, Team Rhino is just taking, he has a lot of Zach's baits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because Zach was talking about going to Chicago, but you know, that's the last I talked to him a couple weeks ago via text. And he said he wasn't, he wasn't going to go out to Chicago. He had just sent Team Rhino a bunch of lures. And, uh, you know, sort of the same thing we were into, you know. It was hard to get out there and go to the Chicago show when GT has a nice supply of our base there. Mm-hmm. You know, the cost and going out to that show and motels and driving eight hours and it's uh, our stuff's there. We're not put our stuff there, so that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. So. Nice. Awesome
0: show. It was, I, I had a lot of fun. It was nice getting away. The weather, we missed the, the big snowstorm. That was great. And, um, so what'd
1: you do? Talking to Vance, anyone that's listening. Vance, I, what did you do? I was in hiding. I didn't fish once. I don't plan on fishing for a very long time. Weren't the, the trips open and you go steelheading? No, it was pretty cold, but. Now we're getting it's supposed to rain for the next ten days. I'm sure that would uh, break up that ice for you. Break up that ice. Do you think I could re uh, after after the after our first experience in our podcast? I don't. I don't know if I'm. I don't I, know if I'm built for it yet.
0: I'm ready to change the current flowing in Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. I got my boots ready. Right I
1: right. can I can drag my heel and just just change you the mouth of elk. elk. Yeah, absolutely. So. Nothing, nothing, nothing exciting. I was, I was envious. I wish I was, I wish I was out there with the, with the musky world, you know, but snowmobile for the first time, we had some snow up in here, uh, and I got out on, on one of those things and man, is it, it is just dangerous. Do you know what model you were on? I mean,
0: I'm not a snowmobile expert. I don't
1: know. I was on a skidoo or a skidoo. Okay. Yep. And that thing went like 80 miles an hour. And that was just, you think you're like fast on the water, going fast on the snow and on a little trail, and there's trees all over the place. it, It gets hairy. Did you ever think, like, everyone hears this story
0: and it does happen the guy on a snowmobile cutting across a field. And hits a hits a, a wire, wire
1: fence, and it takes their head off, or a, yeah. a ground wire from a telephone pole. And I tell you, I in, in that that experience was happening. I mean, I was seeing those things. You I were seeing, seeing heads it, roll. I wasn't seeing that, but <laughs> okay. You know, like I said, I, it was my first time, mm-hmm. and I would see the, those wires that were coming up out of the ground that were connected to a free, you know, a pole, and they're coming up at a forty-five degree angle, and. You you could see I went on the inside hole. of them and I wasn't paying attention. If I was, you know, ten foot to the right or left of it, I would have been clotheslined or it would have hit hit me across the chest. It's, it's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you let me guess. You probably wore shorts, no shirt. No, I was I was dressed up in my ski attire, so I was I was I was ready to go. Those things are nice. They have the hand warmers on them. When you hit the throttle, it gets hotter and hotter, it almost burns your hands oh, yeah. right off. But it it was it was a blast. It's it I it's it. I had a good time. I don't know if it's 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 for me, but I know why that they, they do it up here. I mean, it it definitely is a nice hobby to have in the winter. Um, outside ice ice fishing and whatnot. I mean, it, it does make it make it go by, and they they upkeep the trails around here. It's just like a little community. I mean, it's like they upkeep them like you're driving on the road. Yeah, little it's probably even a little bit better than that.
0: There's there's a lot of snowmobile clubs around this yeah. area. Yeah, and they go up into New York and all over the
1: place. And oh, I've seen them in you know, I've seen them drive across Chautauqua Lake. I mean, I've walked out there when it's when it's frozen over. You see the snowmobile tracks and stuff, and people use them even when they're you know to when they're ice fishing and stuff. They'll drive out to the spot, set up, boom, drive back there on a the snowmobile. It's it's neat stuff. Do you think they have to go slow in the no wake zone by the bridge? They might. I I have a feeling that they 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 rip it across there. I mean that's just wide open. A no buck twenty, there. buck twenty across the lake. I feel like there was more throttle left when I when I was doing 82. I mean that thing was. I, it was a digital reader.
0: I am not a snowmobile expert. I'm, I'll share one experience I had on a snowmobile, but for the most part, I think just about every sled will go over a hundred. Yeah. Todd, you ever been on one? Yeah, when I was in like high school, my grandpa
2: had them and we used to ride them a lot. He had a trailer and we would go out to the Laurel mountain area out in the, you know, center part of the state where I used to live really out around Johnstown and they had nice big trails out there and, uh, and we would ride. But like when we would have snow days, my grandpa, he was a really cool guy. He, uh, but when he would see that like my, my school district was called off, uh, you know, there was sometimes he would show up at my house at like 9 o'clock and we would go out and ride on the roads because it was snowing so much. I lived out in the country and everybody did it, you know. That's where it was more fun, as you guys were saying. When you just go out and try to do it on your own and, man, you got to worry about fences and stuff like that. So around here, it was always fun. We would ride around on all the back roads. And, and uh, yeah, he, he would show up at like 9 o'clock at night and we'd ride till 1 or 2 in the morning because we knew he didn't have school the next day. Uh, my grandpa and myself and then my friend john had one and we rode them a lot back then but uh i had no desire to 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 get back into riding them or anything you know well,
0: just i i saw that you had those tracks for your golf cart <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the skis that you you, you clamp onto the front wheels so. yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah and they
2: were they, they they're already doing it up at uh I talked to my friend, uh, Nick, who was up there this weekend and, uh, he said he saw some, the guys were starting to ice fish a little bit on Chautauqua and he said he did see somebody buzz down the lake. Uh, he said, I, I only saw one person, but <laughs> I don't know that it was that base yet, but
0: he uh, disappeared uh, I disappeared after about a mile. Have you seen those videos of like a snowmobile is essentially the same as a jet ski? Like yeah. that you, you just pin it. And there's enough grippy with the with the track that you're not going to sink. They you can take be right on the bank, floor it, and, and just go everywhere. Go right across. Yeah, I'm, that, that's
2: my guess. Once they got going, I'll bet you they didn't. They don't need a lot of ice. They they probably they might be buzzing around out there or crossing the lake on on ice that
0: wouldn't be safe to. Oh, even if there if, if it went to, to no ice. If it went to no ice, they wouldn't fall down. They they just... Yeah. They could cross. Just don't back the throttle off. That's the mm-hmm. big thing. Mm-hmm. And, don't and you're run.
2: right. I mean, we, we have a jet ski, and it's... I mean, uh, remembering back to what it was like snowmobiling, I mean, being on that jet ski, was it's almost exactly the same. When you turn, it doesn't turn quite the same. As soon as you turn, you feel that back end coming around a little bit. I mean, it reminded me exactly of doing the... Uh, Snowmobiling. Although I know that those snowmobiles we had back then, they definitely went a hundred. That my jet ski does, and it's an old one. But
0: <laughs> jeez. Well, okay. Everyone's had their snowmobile story. Get ready for mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've ridden on two snowmobiles. The first one was uneventful. It was like a Polaris 700 touring. I went across a field and turned around and came back. The second one. I was a senior in high school. Ballsy. This this is this is pissed off teenager. Yeah, that I was I was mad. (laughs) Anyways, senior in high school, my friend Luke, he traded this old four-wheeler for this old snowmobile. He's he was one of these kids that just would barter everything all the time. And it was like never really an upgrade, but it was always just a sidestep for what was in at that time. So we had this snowmobile, and it was it was an old one. It was probably similar to what Todd would ride. It was not by any means new. So this would have been like 2001. And his dad dropped it off at the house. Like, it didn't really work. It didn't run. Mm-hmm. And so we spent all night trying to fix it, get it to run. And it had like, it was a, oh gosh, what was it is? It wasn't, it wasn't a big, fast one. It, it might have been a single or a little twin, two-stroke. It didn't have exhaust on it. Mm. Like, there was no exhaust pipe at all. But I, I was big enough into the four-wheelers and dirt bikes that I had extra exhaust laying around. And it was a two-stroke. So I had, from my Yamaha Banshee, which anyone out there that knows four-wheelers knows what that is. Um, we safety-wired my old Banshee pipes onto this snowmobile. Well, the problem was was that it's not snowmobile exhaust. So the hood wouldn't go back down and sit to sit properly on so like, well, how are we gonna fix this? Well let's cut a hole in the hood to allow the pipes to come out. Well, we didn't have a saw, so I started up my dad's chainsaw and we cut a hole in like this fiberglass hood (laughs) to make this thing fit. We get that in there, like okay, great. Now we can start it without, bur- you know, burning up a head gasket or something. And so we uh, we start to try to get it to work. Well, by the time we got the carburetor clean and halfway adjusted to where it would idle, but it wouldn't rev up. I mean, we weren't very good at this yet, but we knew what we wanted the outcome to be. And by the time we got it to work, and he's like, yeah, and he hits the throttle, and the throttle cable breaks. <laughs> so we're like, well, what are we gonna do? So he, he got, he crouched low up as far forward as he could on the seat and he would run the carburetor by hand. Wow. And it was an electric start, but we didn't have the right battery. So we jammed a car battery we had laying around. We, mm-hmm. we wedged it in the hood. Okay. And this is important, everybody. This is an important part. <laughs> and we just kind of like wrapped the, the, the copper around the terminals. Like it was, a, it was like, it, it was on there. Good enough. And Man, the resale value on this thing was probably skyrocketed gonna, at will time. Well, see, you, you don't know the name of this thing yet. Because <laughs> we named it and we spray painted it on the hood. Okay. <laughs> so, so we got Banshee pipes. We got a car battery jammed in the front of this thing. And, like, this thing's so old, it didn't have, like I mean, it had front shocks, but there were leaf springs upside down with little hydraulic dampers on it. It was not a nice sled. To begin with, it was not a, okay, everyone understands where I'm at here. So here's Luke crouched down. Now, Luke, he's a pretty big guy. I mean, he was probably 180 pounds, probably 5'10", 5'11", and he's crouched down and he's like, Andy, I can get this thing to run by a a little, by adjusting the choke and the throttle at the same time. He could get it to work to where the clutch would engage. Mm. And we could drive. He says, but I can't steer. So I'm standing up like over top. He's crouched down like in the fetal position, working the carburetor. And I'm leaning up over him, standing up, grabbing onto the handlebars. Mm-hmm. So he would get it to... And he had to watch what he was doing, so he would never look up. And I would be driving it over top of him. Jesus. We go down the road, and we're going down the straight road. It's like, we're driving the snowmobile, okay? And it was like the best... It was like the wind blowing in my hair, the freedom of the open road. We made it 100 feet on the flat ground, and we flipped it. Oh, my God. You know, Todd, you remember those sleds were so tippy? Yeah. It, it was just like it just tipped over. We're like, okay. We roll it back, and we fire it back up, and we, we get it. And we. I grew up with horses, so we had, like, maybe a five-acre pasture. We get it into the field, and we're going, and we're like, I don't know. We might have been going 15, 20 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> As one could imagine, the first hill that we encounter, we got a little off of balance and this thing rolls over, the hood opens up, ejects the car battery, and hits my friend Luke in the head. Oh my god. <laughs> and at that point, he was a little
1: bit hurting. <laughs> we I would we, imagine with that weight. <laughs> oh. So you didn't you didn't Use wire to to tie down that battery. I'm,
0: well, why would you? It's an eighty pound battery. Yeah, it I mean, should stay
1: put, right? Especially
0: when best you're proof. when you're just garage sailing this <laughs> thing down this two percent grade. It's um. anyways. We get we get it. We 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 get him back on his feet. Now he's a, he's a kind of kid that could bounce back from anything. I've seen him. I I can tell stories about me and Luke all day. It's just just I've seen him. On his dirt bike, laying it out at seventy miles an hour down a pavement road while I'm on my bike watching him feet away from me, yeah, just losing the whole back part of his thigh. Wow. And but anyways, he he would always get back up. That was the the, the funny thing. So he gets back up, he gets his bearing, and we probably rode that snowmobile for a total of three minutes, and we burnt the belt up to where it was undrivable, <laughs> and we had to pull it up to the house with the four wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my snowmobile story. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So Todd, did you remember them old ones? Did they go through a lot of belts for you?
2: Uh, you know, I didn't do do that part of it. Like I said, they were my grandpa's. He loved to tinker with stuff. I did not take after him that way. Uh, I just remember him always working on those things. And the big thing I remember, you guys were talking about the trails. They threw him all the trails around here. When we would go out like to Johnstown in the Little Mountains, they get that we used to get a lot of snow out there compared to where I live now. I mean, probably compared to what you guys get up in Erie in those mountains. You know, they always say it when you're tra- traveling across the state, you know, when you get to like Somerset, it, it, it's it's always snowing. When you get to that exit out the turnpike, but uh, I just remember like losing a little bit and getting off the trail. by following as my I You know, we would have these little groups of guys going. And, you know, missing the bend and getting that off and the snowmobile getting out of the trail and like, boom, landing and then, you know, stepping off the snowmobile and the snow is up to your waist and it's like, you know, and it's then it's hard to get it back onto the
0: trail. (laughs) Yeah, you get a snowmobile stuck, it really sucks.
2: Yeah, it just like sinks down in and, you know, you would take the whole group effort to get that thing back to where you could go because when you Pressed that it would just go deeper because it was all like puffy stuff, you know. You had to have the trails groomed, you know. Around here, I guess it's probably always good riding snow for riding around in the fields. You know, a lot of times we get those six or eight-inch snows, and you're not going to get stuck, but when you get into the real snowy areas, you know, they, they, they mostly trail ride. We would also go up the Allegheny National Forest and do it, and that was always a blast. We have a camp up in Marionville, Pennsylvania, and we would take them up there and you know, we'd pull in, park the Blazer, take the snowmobiles off, and for three days, ne- never, never rode again on the uh, on, on the Blazer. You know, we would put a hundred miles in those things on those back roads, and I'd drive in town, get something to eat. There'd be all snowmobiles sitting at the restaurant, you know, uh, because you know you, you, it was it, 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 it was always fun going up there because we sort of knew the area, and you were out where you were hunting deer and riding on the trails and. It was fun. It was cold. We did have the. I I, I know one of ours had those heat heated he handlebars, and and one didn't. We had like a, an older skidoo, and then he bought he bought the other one new. Like I said he was a real character, so he bought the snowmobile, and uh, it was at his house. So he told he told my grandmother that my uncle my uncle bought it, and my uncle. <laughs> told my aunt that my grandpa bought it. Oh,
1: geez.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so so we had these two snowmobiles for like four years in the family and all, they never...
0: <laughs> no one really thought, could fess up who owned it. <laughs>
2: Lenny, my uncle's, and then part of the family thought they were my grandpa's, but it, it that's the kind of stuff they did. <laughs> well,
0: all right. And I now know what everyone's wondering. What did we name the snowmobile? Oh yes. That me and Luke put together (laughs) hodgepodged in one night. Yeah. We spray painted this on the hood. I wish this is this is going back to where I wish I had cell phones that would take photos. Yeah. Because the stuff that we did was just ridiculous because we didn't have much money Mm. and we would just make things work that what we had. Mm -hmm. Do you have a guess what we named it? Is this before or after it crashed? It failed. This was like, when we got it to work, we're like, we got to put our name on this. It's so nice. We're naming this. You got it to work. Well, it it worked, and then we went out and ruined it (laughs) shortly thereafter, but it worked. I mean, it it, it took up, you know, a good portion of our weekend, and we were pleased with ourselves, and we had a story to tell. So, before we rolled it on the road, and then we (laughs) yard-sailed it in the field, (laughs) guess what we named it? You're never gonna guess, Mitch. No, though that would be pretty cool. (laughs) What's
2: the name of the What's the name of the big uh, abominable creature in Rudolph? Bumble.
0: Bumble. Bumble. Yeah. Bumble. Kind of close. I'm gonna say that's kind of close because it's it's
1: relative. We called it the Raging Ape. The Raging Ape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The resale value on the Raging Ape. Even after you took a chainsaw to its front end. Well, it, the, the, the resale value
0: was probably, at that time, probably $180 a gross ton at the scrapyard. At the scrapyard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they're fun. So, I, I can't even relate to, to a newer sled that you were on because that's my last
1: experience was yeah. the Raging Ape. I ch- should <laughs> They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to borrow, too. You know? That's the best snowmobiles, yeah. the one you borrow. Yeah, the, to yeah. the borrow. They, they were good. Actually. I'm
2: surprised. I'm surprised hearing you've never had them. be. Where you live, and you being into the, you know, the dirt bikes and the quads. I mean, that snowmobile just seems to be, like, Didn't part it's... of that same, I mean, right there. I mean, <laughs> well, put your quad and your dirt bike away, and then you get your snowmobiles out when it snows. I mean, a lot of it, I know... You know, a lot of people,
1: I mean, that's what they do. Yeah, well... Hey, you're r- riding at night, too. You feel like you're I'll, going faster. It's crazy. The,
0: uh, the snowmobile, Like, the reason the snowmobiles escaped us was because the four-wheeler could do... do almost what a sled can do. Mm. But Okay,
2: what, so you rode them a lot in the I rode them
0: a lot until I got good on a dirt bike. hmm And when you stud the tires on a dirt bike, and you kn- and, and you know how to ride a dirt bike, not... Yes, I can work a clutch and, and and all that stuff. When you were good on a dirt bike, it was so much fun in the snow.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, there were times, yeah. you know, I, I had a couple serious bikes. I, I had a, the the brand Canada was around for a couple years before they went bankrupt. They, they kind of started, they were before their time, but I had one of them. It was a MX440. And I'd go out to my dad's where we deer hunt. And we would get in about fourth gear, me and Luke. Luke had a Hoosberg 350, and I had uh, uh, my Cannondale. We'd get about third, fourth gear, and we'd hold it half throttle. And you'd be cutting across the field. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be doing what snowmobiles can do. But when you stud the, especially the front tire, if you can keep weight on the front tire, the back's going to find traction eventually. It's the front that's going to keep you from falling over. There would be times we're, like, going 30, 40 miles an hour across that field, and all of a sudden, you're doing, like, 10 because you hit a drift that's like up to the radiator yeah and it's just just churning out the back and then when you break free from that drift you're like almost doing a wheelie yeah and you're just cutting and we could ride the trails we were and it it was luke didn't want to stud his tires i'm going to tell another story because this is snow related we're going down the road (laughs) i had studs in the front and back of mine and i get down to this one intersection where we're going to turn and this is in the country, and Luke Huseberg didn't have them because he didn't want to pay the 25 bucks to buy the screws to put them in the tire. So he's going down, and I'm stopping. I'm watching him, and he's coming up, and he's trying to like slow down without actually locking up the tires. He was on a dirt bike coming at me, and next thing you know, I see him. He's like he's like fishtailing, keeps going, keeps going. He's at like 90 degrees from the way he's going, just sliding. Yeah. And I'm like. That's the coolest thing, and then,
1: wham! It hits <laughs> That's the ground, the thing. like
0: bounces, like because yeah. he hit ice. Yeah, and his the bike just turned ninety degrees and went right down, and his knee was so bruised up, and he said, "Well, ah. he put screws in his tires after that." And we had a lot of fun.
1: It felt a lot like a video game out there, except you know when you fall off, you don't just get replaced on the oh, on the yeah. course so easily. Yeah. Is it? yeah, you don't have the the lives. Yeah, so he,
0: but you know, you could go in a field and it was a lot of fun because if you're in, say you got 18 inches of snow, every corner is like a banked, rutted corner for you mm-hmm. because you got, uh, uh, you got snow holding you in place mm-hmm. as well. So you're going in, you're dipping down, you're, and if you fall, you fall on a blanket of snow. Yeah. But you have Carhartts on. I mean, it was full Carhartt bibs. We took duct tape and we duct tape. we had riding boots. Mm-hmm. They weren't waterproof per se. Just because there's just, they're riding boots. They're buckles there to support your your ankles. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hard soles for the pegs, and we'd put the cards. We'd take duct tape and we duct tape the 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 pant legs yeah. tight, and then you take it down and have it seal off to your boot. Yeah, because when you take a corner and you put your foot out and it's jamming snow up your pants. Yeah,
1: that ain't no fun.
0: It was that that was what we did, but yeah. I would have liked to have snowmobiles, but we just had too many toys in
1: the garage as it was with yeah. dirt bikes and four wheelers. Yeah. So. What yeah. about on the uh, on the last podcast, Todd? You talk, touch base on ice fishing. Yeah. How was your day?
2: I actually had a, I actually had a nice day. I mean, it was a little cold. I don't have. A, I, I don't. I was going out for a few hours. You know, I went out for four or five hours. I don't take ten or anything. I just have to sled and a little little chair and. Yeah, I went down, there were some other guys out on the ice, I set up some, set up four tip-ups, and then I started playing around with a little jig and pole, and, uh, we had some pretty good action, I mean, the, the, you know, we got a couple, uh, I got some bass, saw some other bass caught, uh, brought home a nice little mess of perch, uh, brought home like 10 perch, they were all pretty nice size, which is not really, I don't usually catch a lot of perch down in there where I was, uh. I did, I was catching a lot of bluegills when I was using like maggots, but they were, they were very small bluegills. I couldn't catch any that I really wanted to bring home. So I'm going to get a nice pike. Uh, oh, I'm going to sneeze, guys. I'm going <laughs> to try not to. I don't know how to get away from this mic, but the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the highlight of my, of my trip is I have these four tip ups out and I'm sitting there with this little, you know, little jigging pole, little uh, minnow on there. Jigging and uh, you know, bobber goes under, and I lift up on the pole, and I'm I'm only in about when I'm sitting in my chair, I can lift my arm up high enough to lift the fish out of the hole. So I'm in like maybe five five feet of water, you know, maybe maybe six. But uh, as I lift it up, uh, and I I do this, and I'm you know, usually I'm I got these perch on, I'm flipping up. I jerked the pole and it just bends right down. Oh boy. A couple thumps and it was gone. And I was like, whoa, what in the world was that? Now, you remember I do have a you know, I had little minnows on there. And uh, put a new one on, dropped it right back down. Bobber goes under again. I pulled it again and uh, I, I hooked it this time. So I get this little pole that I have not changed the line in many, many years. I actually stopped in some the line. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I'm really trying to baby this fish because I know if I give it a good pull, it's going to break my line. I, I get the thing up to the hole and I'm just just had its head turned and I reached down, and grabbed it. And I had a hold of the fish just for a second. The hook hook it came out. and I lost it, but it was probably a uh, it was probably a five pound bass. It had a nice big bucket head on it. <laughs> and nice. I and it hit the jigging pole. I had all the tip ups out and it hit my jigging pole. But um, awesome. it was pretty cold. It was a little colder. It was only in the teens, and you know the ice, how many you know, the holes were holes were freezing up a
1: lot and stuff. But uh, how many inches of ice it did, did you have?
2: There was about full, probably five inches. Mm. I was in one of the back bays. There mm. were a lot of guys out after as the day went on. There were there was quite a few guys came out of. I mean, there was plenty of ice beyond in those back bays. Uh, and then you know there, there was nobody out on the main lake or anything yet. But uh,
0: yeah. Well, what what do you look for when thing. you set up to ice fish?
2: As far as where I'm going to fish.
0: Yeah, you're just say like, this is a good spot, and yeah, you're I like, do. I'm going to make yeah, it work. Yeah,
2: you know, you just going back to the same places. You know, I, I went to a place I hadn't been out there in years, but I went to the same place my grandpa and I were going to. I mean, he, I remember him taking me there for you know <laughs> running around on the ice. It was always neat to do that. I went up to the same places. I mean, we fish in the back bay. I know where the weeds are growing, and you try to. I say every once in a while, I'll drill, drill a hole, and if it's if it's all weedy, you know, I'll I'll move over a little bit and drill another hole. You know, you're, you're that's for the bass are this time of year, at least a lot of them. You know, the, the guys catch a lot of bass in that lake, and uh, I mean, I put the tip ups out for something to do. I don't necessarily keep. You know, keep the bass or anything, but I'll occasionally, if i got a mess of perch, I'll occasionally take one of the bass or, you know, a pike, uh, you know, for a fish fry. I don't know how big the pike was they they caught. They were off in the distance, but it was, you know, it looked to be, you know, probably close to 30 inches. It was a nice looking pike.
0: Hey, I, I, I've told you this before. I'm, I'm shocked that that lake has pike in it that far south.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, that's, you know, th- there's not a lot. I mean, but how much further south, you know, Conant Lake's filled with them, which is straight line, 40 miles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, because sometimes yeah. you don't even get ice. You know, to, to me that, that, you know, you're starting to get into a little bit more of a warmer, milder winter. Mm-hmm. And those pipes like it colder.
2: There very few. Through the years, when I used to go a lot with my grandpa, there were very few years we didn't weren't able to get out there and ice fish. Uh, I used to enjoy. We have some little lakes around here. We used to have some little lakes around here that just to get out and do stuff. When I lived over in Saxonburg, there was a little lake there. When I lived around here, they there, there, they had a couple of these lakes that they would stock trout in, and you could fish for panfish or trout. Trout were always fun to catch through the ice. Yeah, they're real active and and. Uh, but those lakes have both been drained, <laughs> Earth and dams. Both the lakes that I used to do that at are gone. Or I would probably go do that, but uh, they're not there anymore.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I have
2: certain, certain places in the Moraine where I catch. You you can catch a lot of pike through the ice, and uh, you know you don't catch all that many. You know when you're out there musky fish you don't you don't hear people catching them much in the summer but they definitely uh you know they definitely get some
0: uh
2: you know during ice
0: ice season do do you get any of those hybrid stripers
2: i have never caught one through the ice i wish i i know some guys that have done it and, and have gotten them uh they, they, they obviously don't spend much time in the shallow where most guys are fishing because I've never seen any get up on the ice up there. I've never seen anybody yank one up. Uh, a couple guys I know that caught some, they caught them out in, on the main lake in the deepest water. Now this is not a deep lake. You're talking, you know, 28 or 30 feet is the deep as it gets, but that is where they seem to, uh, and I will say there are a lot of years around here where you can do a lot of ice fishing, but you can't always get out onto the main lake. I mean, there just is a big difference uh, between the bays and, and and the main and the main part of the lake. That's where I've heard heard the guys catching. I knew some guys that caught them, and they said they uh, they were catching like right under the ice.
0: Oh, so they were up high in the deep water.
2: Yeah, yeah, they were catching them right under the ice. He said they would just put a uh, you know like a shiner down just right. Uh, Right, right up near the surface and that, and that's where they would, uh, that's how they caught them. But, uh, they must spend, they they must be out in that deep water for the winter because, and that lake is also filled with channel cats. And I don't know where they go either because you never see them getting caught in the summertime or where, if you go out there bait fishing, you know, when you're fishing for the stripers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you catch channel cats like crazy and I know some guys get some, but I've never, I've never seen anybody catching any. I've never seen any get caught. So they must be hanging in the deeper water also.
0: I'd like to catch a channel catfish.
1: Absolutely.
0: You'd like to? Yeah, I've only caught a couple. Oh, gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, this lake has a lot of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're fun. They're fun fishing.
0: But I want to catch a big one. A big one, yeah. Like a 10-pounder.
2: Yeah, yeah, you can get them like that. There's days when we're bait fishing out there. When I used to do the little trips for for stripers, you know, the catfish were always eating the same type stuff. There's days where we would get a lot of them. And uh, the 10 pound channel cat's pretty big. A lot of them are 24 to 26, 28 inches long, you know. And I don't know, they weigh five, six, seven pounds probably. But you do get some, some bigger ones, you know, you can get them up to 10 pounds. They're always pretty gnarly looking when they get that
1: big. We're getting a lot of rain up here. I'm sure it's probably going to be doing the same down there, getting getting warmer and whatnot. I think that whatever ice is out there might be unsafe at the end of this.
2: So it might gonna... be gone, yeah. I haven't even looked at the weather or anything. It didn't get real warm. I don't think it's up below freezing here. We've actually had some colder weather. I've been looking at the weather, like the and stuff, and it's been... There's been a lot of days it's been 8 or 10 degrees colder here at night than it was like up, up in Erie and up, up around the lake there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't get real cold again today, but I don't know. It didn't rain or anything today yet.
0: It was
1: starting to like misty fog kind of thing up here. We had some freezing, freezing rain and whatnot. Ever have any, anybody fall in on you when you're ice fishing?
2: I, I saw a couple guys fall in one time. Yeah, I never have. I don't take. I don't
1: take the risk. I not go.
2: I yeah. don't take a risk. I don't go if, it, if it's iffy. But uh, we were out one time and I was fishing back in the bay there. Uh, you know, there was probably four inches. You know, three and a half, four inches. We weren't in very deep water, and I saw guys pull down, and they just pulled down, got their sled out, and they just started walking right out across the lake, and I was. As, as they were going, you know, I was thinking, man, I can't, I didn't think that ice would be safe way out there. And they, <laughs> I watched them walk about 200, maybe 300 yards out. And whoop, one guy went right in. Oh, God. He, they, you know, he got out and, you know, they got him out and everything, but it's the same as anywhere else. There's always, a seems like every year someone, someone drowns up here. Uh, it's, the, it's the people that are pushing it, you know, Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw, uh, you know, almost every year some people go through. Guys can't wait to get out, and then they stay out as long as they can. And I went through the ice. would be a
0: fun way to go. I went through the ice once. Did you? I wasn't ice fishing, though. No. Uh, when, uh, next to my parents' house, my grandmother lived, and they were, it was like a wetland, kind of marshy. They ended up, like, digging, dredging the pond out. And during this, they made some really big puddles. Mm-hmm. I'm not—I mean, not like puddles ankle deep, but there were some pools. And I'm—memory I'm, serves me—I'd probably say twenty foot round. And we were younger. I was—I you know—I was old enough to remember this. And we were out playing. Like the whole family was out walking, looking at the pond mm-hmm. and whatever. It's middle of winter, not to say middle of the winter, early. And there was ice on it. And you know, we, me and my sisters, we were testing it and whatever. And we were out there. Ice skating, but we had boots on. Mm -hmm. You know how kids do that, and I don't know how much ice there was, but I went through and I went up. You know, my armpits caught me. So I mean, if I, I might have been four and a half foot tall at that time, but it, it was cold. I never went. My (laughs) head never went under. (laughs) Yeah, take your breath away. Oh yeah, it it did, and I can I can see how people drowned so quickly because when you get down there, the first thing you do is you suck in. And you normally suck a whole lung full of water. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was you know, but I wasn't about a couple hundred yards from the house. They, you know, I kind of kicked around a little bit, got out, and, uh, you know, they took off my coat and, and all that. And then they got me up, sat in a warm tub, and I was fine. But, yeah, that that's my going in story. So, yeah. my life flashed yeah. before my eyes. I mean... The eight years that I was alive. <laughs> yeah. all played back real quick. Yeah.
2: We, 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 we got caught one time, I was fishing up on Prescott. We were talking about that a little bit ago. I think it was when Mike Kippel was on. And we were out there panfish fishing. And, you know, now there was a lot of ice this day. We, we had a hand auger. It, it was a, it <laughs> was we, a lot of ice, but it was a big floating ice cube, basically. And, uh, when we went walking back to shore, you know, whatever, this big thing switched, and we were, we, you know, we, we, we walked out from the Prescott side. We get back to shore, and it was probably 12 feet to, you know, there was like a 12-foot gap of water. <laughs> you know, that thing that thing shifted. Someone had, there were some boards laying there, but they weren't long enough. But you know how the way Prescott is, it's not like it's very deep. Yeah. We were going back to the car, we just had to, like, jump in and run across it. <laughs> oh, jeez. You know there was it. it, it you know that
0: it had it, it shifted a little bit. Yeah, that but, uh, that sucks because that happens. then you're wet. Yeah, <laughs> and you have a long drive home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, what else can you do? It's not like you can walk to the city side and then walk all the way yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> Almost like take off your boots, take off your socks. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be ice fishing anytime soon. No, probably not until next year, unless we get really, really cold weather. Yeah. Mild winter, <clears throat> I'll take it. It is a mild winter. It's a mild winter, but it's a lot of fun. I I have fun doing it, but it's I take it in small doses. I know, like Todd said, there's guys out there that are just chomping at the bit. Yeah. If if we get, I have this nice behind my parents' house. There's a small little, I call it a lake. I'm gonna call it five to ten acres. I like going out there because it's like guaranteed fish, Mm -hmm. bluegills, bass, perch, and it's easy to get to Mm -hmm. for us because we own part of the lake, the, you know, the neighbors own part of it and we could drive right up to it. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be good ice this year. Not with, you know, it got cold and a lot of snow hit it and then it's now it's warming up and it's just, it's not going to form for us this year.
2: That's the other reason we have better ice down here. I think than you do. We didn't get any. We didn't get snow. Yeah.
0: How much snow do you think we got, Vance?
2: I would say for Toyota? sure. Like we had. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, I'll bet you. I mean, I don't think it's gone above. I don't think it's gone below freezing since since we left, and I fished last Thursday. So, I mean, I I, I can't imagine there wouldn't be more ice than there was, and there's
0: there's no snow here right now. There has.
1: I don't know. We maybe have not got much snow. Maybe 50 to 60
0: inches? I mean, just that last storm that we had.
1: Oh, uh, anywhere from 24 inches to 30 inches, that last that last big snow storm. Just how it kept coming, yeah. kept coming, coming. Yeah, so I mean, even still, you know, you get it,
0: it'll it drift off that lake real easy. And anyone that's ice fish knows, you get snow on the ice, it's awful. Especially if the ice hasn't formed up yet, it just forms awful ice, but we're probably not going to ice fish this year, Mm -hmm. at least around here. Mm -hmm. But we can have an extremely cold February. Yeah. So that pretty much wrapped up our week right right there. And uh, so, Todd, you're going to be down in Pittsburgh doing the – Tri-County
2: Outdoor Show, I believe they're calling it. Tri-County Expo, Tri-County Outdoor Show, David L Lawrence Convention Center. Friday, like, 3 to 9, or 3 to 8, 2 to 8, something like that. And then Saturday's a long day. It's like 9 to 8. Sunday, I'm going to say 9 to 4, or something like that. So, we'll be down there. We're going to have some lures, and hopefully talk fishing with a lot of people.
0: That's right. And uh, the next show for me is... Best of my knowledge, is going to be the Muskie Max, and that's in March. You're going to be down in Kentucky with Vance. That's the weekend before that, yeah. The weekend before. Okay, so that'd be the last weekend in February. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's February. uh, I've got it written down right here. That's going to be February 27th and 28th. It's a two-day show. Vance and I will be going down on the 26th. And then uh, the Muskie Max at the fifth and the sixth, and that's about it. I can't do my one local high school show that I always do because it's the twenty sixth. It's the day that we're and I'll be down in Kentucky. And I will not be speaking at Road Rules because of this show. They already had a they had a fifth guy lined up to speak anyhow, but uh they they uh I, I will not be speaking down at the Road Rules. I'm gonna be at the show instead.
0: Yeah. And uh when we offered to have myself replace Todd, speaking, Greg said, "Andy, we can't afford you. You're you're just too good of a speaker." I remember him saying that. And I said, "Are, are you sure?" I said, I'll, "I'll even do it for half rate." And he 10%. says, "We still can't afford you." Wow. No, that's that's not the case. I, I <laughs> they they had enough speakers, but I would have filled in for Todd if needed, and it was not needed. So. Best of my knowledge, I'm not going down unless someone else cancels and they need someone down there. Then me and Vance will show up, and uh,
1: he's going to bring the three pugs if that's the case. We're going to have a little dog raising seminar Bulldogs. Bulldogs, there you go. There. Pug dogs, there. Yeah. I'll use a bulldog. They'll use a bulldog. Big Rubbers in the fall. That's right. Big rubber. Big rub, Two pounders in the sp- in the early spring. You'd be right. surprised how they get hit. Oh, yeah? Two pounders. How many How many have you caught on a two pounder? Zero. How many two pounders have you owned?
0: Zero. Held one once. You held one once? Mm-hmm. Well, you're on the board. You touched one. I did. All right. That'll wrap up this podcast. And, uh... FattyZMusky.com, FattyZMusky Products on Facebook, MCFishingGuides.com, Todd Young on Facebook. And uh, until next time, if you're going on the ice, good luck and uh, be safe. Goodbye.